Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, May 28, 2017. The share ID numbers for Friday, May 26, are the following. For the 7 a.m. Eastern meeting, 9981. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern meeting, 9983. This morning, A Vision for You presents Chapter 7, Working with Others. Step 12 states, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. We can do the steps from 1 through 11, but if we don't get active and carry the message of recovery, we will relapse. The beginning of Chapter 7, devoted entirely to Step 12, says on page 89, Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. If you look at the Step 3 and the Step 7 prayers, you will see that they are really all about becoming fit to help other people. When we follow the path of the 12 steps, we have a new employer. Chapter 7, Working with Others, is basically a manual on how to do our job. Our job description is actually found on page 102, and it states, your job now is to be at the place where you may be of maximum helpfulness to others. So even though we have to carry the message, it turns out that carrying the message becomes, for us, one of the most significant things we can do. We can now sit down with another individual who has a problem similar to our own and convey an understanding and a message that no one else can. We can carry a message of depth and weight. Joining us today is Marcella M., a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Marcella spends a great amount of time intensively working with other compulsive overeaters and carrying the message of recovery. And I'm now, with great pleasure, going to welcome Marcella M. to the line. Marcella, you will need to press star 1 to unmute, please. Marcella, star one to unmute. Good morning, Leah. Can you hear me well? Exactly. Right now I can hear you. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, visionaries. Good morning, everybody. My name is Marcella. I'm a recovered composer over here. And um very grateful and, and very eager. Normally, when I um, am the speaker on Sundays, um, I'm afraid that um, I won't have enough to say. Um, and today, I'm a little nervous, but I have so much to share that I won't have enough time. <laughs> Marcella, just much. before, I'm sorry to interrupt, just before you get started, I'm just wondering if we can improve your sound quality just a bit. Let if me you, see. Are you on speakerphone or no? Let me see. Okay. I just want to clear you up a little bit. It's a little muffled. 
No, but I can go upstairs. Usually that helps a lot. Let me see. I'll go upstairs and maybe that'll help. Hold on a second. Yeah. Thank you for being so patient. Is this better? Hello. Let's hear. Um, please, everybody else, mute if you're not the speaker. Thank you so much. Marcella, give us a try again. Um. Is it better? Yes, that's better. Yes, that's oh, better. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, my name is Marcella. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I've been abstinent back-to-back uh, for a little over six years now, but um, I've been in Norway since 1985. And... Um, in 1985, I was granted one full year of abstinence, and um, after that, I relapsed and relapsed and relapsed for decades. And um, I never had a year of abstinence after 1985. I would get four months, five months, two weeks, ten days, two hours, but um, I would just keep relapsing. I'm not going to say that all was lost because. I um I was still alive. <laughs> I didn't die. And um and um and little by little I learned things here and there and I never left away. But um I thought that I was one of those that would just not um experience ever what what was the meaning of not being hungry or feeling um the feeling of recovery. Um and then one day, um, asking it was granted to me. I came to my story, my AA story and my OA story overlap. Um, my very first addiction was food. In order to control or to try to control my food intake, I learned how to drink heavily. And it worked at the beginning uh, until it stopped working. And then I needed the white wine and the chocolate cake. And then... Um, and then after that, I learned how to mix alcohol with amphetamine, and it worked. And then I learned how to mix alcohol with opiates, and it worked for a little while. And at the end, I, um, it was three addictions, so three substances in my addiction, three substances, alcohol, opiates, amphetamine, and sugar, an enormous amount of food. So, so it is because I had completely lost control over everything that I went to um, AA uh, nine years ago, and I got clean and sober. So I got clean and sober, but I knew that I was going to gain weight. I knew that as soon as I put down the alcohol and the pills, um, I was going to gain weight, and I did. Um, in my past. Ninety days of sobriety and being clean from all kind of psychiatric pills, I was 30 pounds overweight, and then it became 50, and then it became 50. But people in AA who um, had a lot more experience than I had at that point um, reassured me that the big book was a solution for every single addictive behavior under the world and that it would work for food. But first I had to get a hold of my alcohol and pill addiction. So that's what I did. I was um, 18 months over 
and clean when um, I was directed to audition for you. And um, and it was a it was a combination. I was sheltered on one hand by AA and the big book through AA, and sheltered by the other hand by the big book through OA. If you ask me, um, our big crown, our our precious jewel in a vision for you is the doctor's opinion when we learn what's the meaning of entire abstinence when it comes to addiction. The rest is just a very, you know, a decent AA uh, program, just the 12 steps that they are describing the people. But our, our, our jewel and our treasure is the doctor's opinion, if you ask me. So that's my experience. So I was, I got a sponsor in a vision for you. Um, I was, I had already uh, put down sugar and flour. I was eating three meals a day, nothing in between. And when I when I met my Avision for You sponsor, Avision for You sponsors, when I came in, um, and even now, everybody is ridiculously busy. Everybody has 45 sponsees and, and 30 online waiting patiently. And so my sponsor was not an exception. I prayed and I said, whoever says yes, I'll work with you, I'll take and I'll listen. And and that's what happened. You know, my my sponsor said yes, but she said yes. Um, she said it was a cautious yes. She said let we can try. Um, I'm very busy. Um, uh, and if you recover, when you recover, uh, I expect you to be as busy as me. I remember that. That's what I remember from our first conversation. That she was expecting me to get as busy as she was. By being busy, she meant that she had a lot of sponsees. That's what she meant. Um, so um, we went through the process very, very quickly. Um, she knew that I she was aware that I was very active in AA, and she said, please, will you write your inventory? I don't want to hear anything that you have told your AA sponsors. Just tell me anything that is related to OA. To my endless surprise, I realized all the resentments that I had accumulated against OA all the people that tried to sponsor me, and 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 I always felt that OA had failed me, and I never I never realized how, for decades, I had been coming to OA to take and to grab and to demand, and to judge and to criticize, and and I had never considered myself worthy enough or experienced enough to give anything back. So that was my big spiritual experience and my big um, attitude adjustment that, um, abstinent or not, I had been coming to OA for decades. I knew that playground very well. I knew all the splinter fellowships because I had tried them all. I knew the history of our fellowship, and, and now I had been granted a little experience in AA and the big book. So I had something to give. Not, maybe not a tall order, beautiful, spectacular recovery, but I had something to give back. So I was 18 um, days abstinent, um, 18 days working in a vision for you when I sponsored my first a vision for you sponsor. And, um, and that's what I started doing. I realized very soon um, that I have a lot to give. I mean, just by making myself available, and uh, I'm reading patiently, line by line, word by word. Um, sometimes in that historical context of AA, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, I have a lot to do. Now, I have to mention that I'm bilingual. I, I speak Spanish, too. And very soon, uh, people who speak Spanish started calling me. 
and and then we started studying the big book in Spanish. I was doing that, and then in the in the meantime, I was you know I was abstinent, and I was pleasantly abstinent, comfortable abstinent. The obsession was completely lifted because frankly, I had a new obsession. And my new obsession was I need to get as busy as my sponsor is. That's what I need to do. That was my new obsession. I I want to be useful to others because because as Leah um, um, read beautifully, she condensed the whole beauty and the whole um, value of uh, working with others. That's that's what I needed to do. I, it was by spreading, trying, trying to spread the message that I was going to remain immune. Um, Trying is a very important word because um, in the original manuscript of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the original says we, um, having had a spiritual um, uh, awakening, we, we spread the message, we, try, we carry the message to the alcohol. And the corrections, the manuscript corrections of the 12 steps is we try, we try. And if we review AA history and OA history, you know, we know that that Bill um, um, that Bill went to alone by himself to bars to try to preach alcoholics out of the bar and into sobriety. So he tried. He kept trying by himself for six months. And then when we read in the book how he met Dr. Bob, it seems that he met and then there was AA. But we know if we read the history that it took seven phone calls and three days for them to meet. So he kept trying and trying and trying. And then, of course, Dr. Bob is our first relapser of, of recorded history, right? He relapsed. He had his first interview with um, Bill, and then and then he went to his um, medical conference, and he relapsed there. Um, Abby is the first, you know, Abby, he doesn't get to be the co-founder of AA because he's the first relapser that we know of. And he kept relapsing and relapsing and relapsing all his life. And at the end of his life, Bill was financially responsible for him. So we know all these things. So the key word is try, try. So when I sponsor people, that's that's my opening line. Let's give it a try. So people ask me, can you sponsor me? And then my, my answer is, let's give it a try. We can try, right? Because try is the key word. And then and after you recover, which you will, not because I'm the best sponsor in the universe, but because there is a God that takes pity on alcoholics and, and, and food addicts like me, when you recover, you will be busy. You will get busy. Nothing, nothing works like working with others. With others. Nothing works. That's my experience. So I was cleaning sober in AA and I was sponsoring this kid, you know, this young kid, much younger than me, I mean. And, and from the outside, he was wealthy, prosperous, um, well educated, polished, um, beautiful looking. And um, and a doctor, and he was um, going to lose his license because he couldn't stop um, consuming drugs. And um, so we did we did the steps um, the way that Dr. Bob did um, did them at the very very beginning, very very quickly, very very often, and with a small network of people that had already um, recovered. So if we read the history of AA, how it was, how was the routine and the protocol in the hospital of Akron, Ohio, um, Dr. Bob, in his capacity as a physician, he would admit the alcoholic, right? And, and the diagnosis was acute gastritis <laughs> because he had written down alcoholism, they, they would have been rejected. 
So, so the alcoholics were admitted in Akron, Ohio Hospital with a diagnosis of acute gastritis. And Dr. Bob will um, do the steps with them for like four to seven hours. And then, um, and then they would receive visitors. And who were the visitors? The people who had been released from that detox hospital. And, and every single person, every new person that was detoxing in the hospital would receive anywhere from two to seven visitors a day. Those were the people recently recovered, recently uh, sober, that had the privilege to tell their story to the person who was in the hospital. So I follow that model, so which includes um, the steps very quickly, very often, and with a small network of people, like with immediately getting in touch all the things coming. Sorry. I had to go out to the porch to get better reception. Sorry about that. Anyway, so um, quickly, often, and with a small network. So by the end of the work, which is short, it just takes a few weeks, um, my sponsors already have a small network of people that are doing the same. So, so that's the mo that's how I sponsor. That's the model that I learned. Um, um, I've seen many miracles this way. Um, it's it's quick. It's like a sudden shake up. That's what I needed. That's what I was being. That's what I was given, and that's the way I keep working with others. Um, so that's something of mine, you know, in AA. In AA, he. So I told him I really need to get this thing of the food because I was in a vision for you. And he said, Well, let me read you again the book. He was, you know, he was 17 days abstinent and clean. He said, Let me read you the book. I'm going to give you the message of this book. We don't even share substances. His thing is, you know, other substances than mine. Mine is food and alcohol and opiates and amphetamines. He, he does, he used to do other drugs. So we sit down day after day at 6 o'clock in the morning in Starbucks. And he reads to me line by line how he explains to me how the effect, the effect of food in my body is no different <laughs> than the effect of crystal meth in his body. It's the effect. It's not the substance. It's the effect. The obsession, the longing, the craving, the, the preoccupation, the shame, the guilt, the remorse, the hopelessness, the, the, the constant worry. is the effect in my emotions, in my thoughts, in my body, in my dreams, in my awake time, in my relationships with others, in my wallet, in everywhere, in my whole entire life, is the effect. And I finally, finally understood that I'm a drug addict. And my drug, my drug is excess of food. That's my drug. And I know in my heart, in my bone of bones, that I'm a drug addict because the effect is no different than in history. So we were having, I always like to say that we both saw the higher power together. We were going through the motions, you know, um, paragraph after paragraph. We... We we hit the third step prayer and and we had a beautiful beautiful like those kind of like ah moments and we say oh there is a God that cares about what you eat every day and there this is a message it is eating is a spiritual activity eating is important eating is a eating is the humble exercise of acknowledging how you are similar to every single human in the whole planet. Eating is important. 
eating is not a chore, it is not a nightmare, it is not the ultimate pleasure in the world. Eating connects us with God. And so we were having this conversation when a bird flew by, and then he told me, look at that bird. Do you think that that bird weighs and measures? And look what he can do with what he eats. Look at that bird flies and sings beautifully and wakes up with the dawn. And, 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 and it is alive with the planet. And that's recovery from food. You're going to eat like that bird. I know that there's a saying, like, oh, she eats like birds. <laughs> I have, unlike the little birds, I need to weigh a measure. But I'm free like a bird. I'm free. And I got that message from a crystal meth addict while working with others. So you see how the line was blurred. The sponsor became the sponsee. And that has happened to me many, many, many times. I was very active in the vision for you already when and after one of these um, Sunday um, shares, um, a woman from Spain um, started um, calling me constantly. And her English is very broken. And she would tell me in Spanish, you need to help me, you need to help me, because I don't understand English very well, and I'm in Spain, and you need to help me. And, and she's in Spain, and I'm in Boston, and, you know, the time difference, and I have too many sponsors already as it is. And I say, no, no, let's look for another venue. There must be some other way. Um, no, no. But then uh, she was pregnant with her second child. And, 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 and I told her, I mean, I was hoping that she would say, no, forget it. You're too difficult. I told her, well, you know what? The only window of opportunity that I have to sponsor you is 9 o'clock at night, my time. Can you believe that she set her alarm clock at 3 o'clock in the morning so that we could work with others? God humbled me beyond words. I'm picturing this pregnant woman setting her alarm clock at 3 o'clock in the morning so that we can read a big book together in Spanish. And that humbled me. And then I said, okay, okay, okay. I'll sponsor you, of course, and, and we, can, we can talk later if you want or earlier so that you don't have to interrupt your sleep while pregnant. Um, she recovered, of course. And together we started a WhatsApp chain uh, to make ourselves, to make the the, the, the message of a vision for you available to all Spanish speakers. And um, today this um, WhatsApp chain is, I think it's three, four years old, I think. Yeah, four years old. And, and we serve all Spanish-speaking countries in the world. Um, we have um, a couple of members from Australia. Can you believe that? From Sydney, Australia. And, and we have a lot of people from Spain and a lot of people from all the Latin American countries and, and people who speak Spanish in this country. And we do exactly what we do in a vision for you. You know, we, we um, translated the preamble and the introduction word by word. And, and we call ourselves Una Vision Para Ti, same logo, same everything. And we do the same thing. We just like, you know, read one, two paragraphs at a time. And then we share and... and and, and, and we recovered together in Spanish. So, so the chain had been going for a couple of years when a group of women in Mexico said, you have to come here, you have to come here. Um, we need to find a way for you to come. We need to see your face. We need to see, we need to hear your, um, your experience, strength, and hope live. And I don't know if you're aware of um, our difference in economy, 
but pesos are not dollars, and it is way more expensive to um, gather an airplane ticket, the cost of an airplane ticket from Boston to Guadalajara, Mexico, than the other way around. So, I mean, yeah, from, from, yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say. To, to buy an airplane ticket, an international airplane ticket in pesos. So, so I was, you know, I just, I'm, I'm comfortable here. I have my lunch here. I have my meetings here. I, I'm, I'm, tourism is not high on my priorities. So, and I'm not as good. I'm not, I'm not as generous as other people are. So I'm reluctant. I'm hesitant. I, I don't even know if I want to go or not. But these women, they, they, they offered to pay for my airplane ticket. That humbled me again. I said, of course, I, oh, <laughs> how can I possibly say no? Um, I declined the money because I was born in Mexico. I know what Mexican pesos mean. I declined the money, and off I go to Guadalajara. There were, I don't know, like 35 people there. We um, read the book on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We went through the steps quickly. Um, I felt very confident about the paragraphs that I had chosen. And then um, I felt very, very insecure on step nine because I don't know how to go to step nine without page 552. And then I learned that all the stories in the back are different. The stories in the Spanish edition are not the stories that we have in the fourth edition or the third or the second or the one. There are stories that happen in Spanish, in Mexico, in Spain, in Nicaragua, in Peru, in Chile. And people have other approaches to reality, other spiritualities, other, other styles of communication with God that, um, and all my recovery happened in English. So, so I felt very nervous and I said, I don't know how to introduce you to the spirit of the step nine without page 552 of my fourth edition of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So it didn't matter because we just kept reading and reading and reading obsessively step nine as it is translated in Spanish. Then I became curious to see how the translations are done. And and the story of the edition is absolutely fascinating to me. Um, This book is translated the way, not the literal, digital way as one will translate a pamphlet, but the artistic way. Um, in order for the board to approve a, a translation, there has to be a small sober group in that language. So so Spanish, the, the Spanish edition came to life because a, Me- a Mexican guy was married to an American woman, and, and the wife would translate word by word, phrase by phrase, and he would start writing down um, the words of the big book in Spanish as he was experiencing them. So there were small artistic liberties in that translation. And because I'm very interested in languages, sometimes I compare, you know, the Italian and the Portuguese and the Spanish. I mean, we have a sample of it in the in the processes where it says, le dulce tapi, los doce pasos, and the 12 steps. Every, every word has a slightly different artistic, spiritual, mystical approach to the same reality. It is just so beautiful and so inspiring. We'll never, ever get bored starting this book. So so that happened to me because I was trying to help others. Um, so as I go to Guadalajara and there's a group of people and we had a beautiful, beautiful workshop and at the very, very end, at the very end, um, I overhear a woman who was saying that I have no, I have, I haven't had like a personal face-to-face connection with, 
But I ever hear a woman saying that that she was very uh, upset because her maid had ruined her her um, kitchen, um, her stove um, cover because she didn't know how special and fancy it was. And I felt a horrible, horrible, instant, terrible resentment right on the spot because when I came to this country, I um, cleaned a few houses and I ruined a kitchen stove myself <laughs> because I was not aware of how to take care of those stuff at that moment. So I felt the pain, the shame, the 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 the, the humiliation that I felt again. But because I live on 10, 11, and 12, I made my pause because I was restful, restless and doubtful and insecure. I made my stop. I took a deep breath. I stopped fighting. I relaxed and take it easy. I stood up and I told this woman, um, is there any way that I can help you? Maybe we can write your four columns and we can... Um, and we can um, find out if you can get uh, free from this resentment right here, right now. So we work on four columns, and she, I cannot even describe how delighted and how happy and how excited she was to see that she's not a flawless victim, that there's always a role in the resentment that moves you from flawless, innocent victim to a, to powerful, sharing the dignity of the power that created all the world um, and and get free from the obsession of the food. You see that? So we were so, it was another like open sky, big revelation. It works, it works if you work it. It's not that difficult. It's simple. It's easy. It's quick. It's attainable to anybody who has goodwill. And um, so that woman, um, I thought that I was going to go to Guadalajara and read the book and just come back and then maybe come back in a year. She is in such fire. She's reading the big book every single day. She got busier than me. <laughs> and, and and she's spreading the fire nonstop. And, and, and there's my lineage of sponsorship. We're the busy sponsors. And we... We are the busy sponsors. I know that my sponsor is busy, 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 because that's the way she is. Her sponsor is super busy. I'm busy. My sponsors are busy. And and now I have sponsors that are busy in Spain and in Guadalajara and in Latin America, trying, trying to spread the good news that we never have to overeat again. So um, one of my very last fears that I had writing my inventory, it, it was fear of being old and destitute in this country and, and having no possibility to retire ever. And um, so I'm an immigrant, and I've been living here for over 20 years. So I'm not, I mean, in Mexico, I don't have many ties anymore. And here, all my ties are new. They don't match my age. I'm 57, but I have only lived here for 20 years. So I always fear... Um, that I will, my, my old age will be very harsh and very difficult because um, I haven't been saving for retirement since my 20s and all of that. Right? So I go to Guadalajara and to spread the message. And um, in my travels, I found this place. I was looking for an OA meeting in, in English just to check the thing. And I find this community that is growing around the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous 
around the beautiful lake of Chapala in Guadalajara, Mexico. And I, I walk in there, and there are two AA houses when they have um, meetings in English all day long, and they are AA meetings, OA meetings, NA meetings, Alana meetings, around the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and people from the United States and Canada are retiring then with Social Security money, the most affordable place in the world. And, and I, you know, I was walking on the streets, and I saw this, um, this guy who was American, and um, he was 96 years old. He was walking with his cane, safe and secure and protected, walking to his meeting of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I just, my fear was completely removed, and the world just opened wide because I'll never be destitute if I stay close to the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous because this message is alive in the whole entire world. So there goes my fear of poverty in my old age. Um, if I stay close to this message, I'll never be, um, I'll never be alone. I'll never be defenseless. So um, let me see how am how am I doing on time, um, Leah? I can I have everything on the office, but now I'm out. Um, you're doing fine, Marcella. You have about fifteen minutes, approximately. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, so, um, working with others, working with others, nothing will ensure your abstinence as working with others. The only way to sponsor and convince is imperfectly. We just need to try. Um, when I was active in the food, I would blame everybody. I would blame, I would blame um, our founder, Rosanne, of course, because she was not religious. I would blame um, the higher power because why in the world did the higher power give this book to alcoholics? He should have given it to us. The alcoholics belong, should come to us to, to ask for questions. So you see how arrogant I am. Um, so I, I, was, I, was, um, I was defiant against the higher power. I was defiant against Roseanne. I was defiant against Irene, who took her gray sheet and, 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 and they disappeared. I was critical and judgmental of all our founders, and, and I was eating, and I was eating, right? And, um, and now that I have been granted this beautiful, incredible gift of, of abstinence, I just, I wake up in the morning, and, and I, I thank God for restoring my soul in my body. And then, and then um, I just pray um, that, I could, that I will keep the willingness to try imperfectly, try. I never, I will never. I feel extremely uncomfortable if somebody, Adam, somebody calls me a teacher of the big book because I don't think that that's possible. If um, somebody can call themselves a teacher of the big book of alcoholics anonymous, I think that they, they, they need to know 75 languages, be fluent in 75 languages, and then be familiar with all the stories of those 75 translations and then have had some personal connections. This message is way wider than anybody can muster. It's, it's, a, it's, it's huge. We'll spend this whole generation of a vision for you people devoted to the big book, and we'll just be tipping on the tip of the iceberg. 
We're just exploring the bounty of this book. Um, and now, just by trying, I read obsessively the book. I read, I read it. I listen to it in the in the audio. I have my CDs in the car, and and now I'm eagerly paying attention to how the big book is being poured in Spanish in all these Spanish-speaking countries. And the experience is always different, but the result is always the same. People stop eating compulsively. People, um, the, the obsession of the food is relieved, and people have been freed to do God's work in, 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 in life. Um, they stop going, they, they stop being enslaved by the fridge and the candy store, and they go to the world to do whatever God wants them to do. And it's always different, and especially different if you change the scenario to a different country and a different language, and it's always a big mystery. And I'm just very um, privileged and grateful to be a very small part of this thing. If the only thing that I do with all my life is um, remain abstinent and in recovery for the rest of my life, I feel I feel so my life has been has would have had so much meaning, so much purpose, and so much direction. And the only thing that I have to do every day is wake up in the morning and find where my big book is and find somebody who's willing to read it with me and, and ponder about it with me. And and that will be a great success. So the last thing that I would want to share with you is um, something that happened to me. Um, I have traveled a little bit, um, bringing the, the weekend worship of the super short, condensed, three-year-old, ultra-simplified version of a vision for you in a form of worship, of a weekend version. And um, and I went to um, Texas. And I was there in Texas, and, you know, I had my big, big book with tons of post-its and tons of little notes and anecdotes and stories and and, and references to the AA history. And, and, and it was a big, big book with tons of, of everything that I have written over the years. So it's very big and very bulky, so I put it in my small suitcase. And, and off I go, and then I landed there in, in Texas. And uh, to make a long story um, even longer, I lost my suitcase with my big, big book. So I don't have any change of clothes. I don't have my makeup or my sandals or my um, PJs or my big book. The workshop is tomorrow. There are 60 people waiting for the workshop. And I have zero notes, zero. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have, you know, my pins or I don't have my my underlines on my notes. I don't even have the format for that for the workshop. I have nothing. I have I have nothing. I don't even have a big book. So so I prayed and I said to God, dear God, I hope that you are awake and paying attention. <laughs> Please. Please. Today is the day in which it's either you or we are like I. These, all these people are gathered here together, hoping, hoping to hear that a miracle is possible, that a set of miracles is possible, that other people have recovered from this seemingless, hopeless state of mind and body, hoping to be connected to a larger community of physicians for you and, and big book um, um, junkies. Will you please, please be so kind? 
to help me and 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 remind me where your message is written in this big book. Can you please, please take mercy and have pity on us because we're drug addicts and we're lost. Can we please, can you please, please, please see us with mercy and, and shine your bounty upon us and, and guide this um, workshop and open my mouth and the mouths of others and, and share this message with us, please. And so, so that's the way. With a borrowed rest and bar and no makeup and my hair frizzy and base and, and, and shoes that didn't fit, I led the workshop of the 12 steps in five hours, according to the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, with no notes. And what I take from that is that I know nothing and, and I'm just a willing tool to spread this mystery that we will never fully understand. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marcella, for your inspirational presentation this morning, sharing your experience working with others, with all of us this morning. Thank you very much. Marcella's contact information will be given at the conclusion of this recording, so please stay tuned for that. And we will now transition to a question-answer segment. If you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 to unmute and announce yourself. Star one EQ. Hi, Jody. Jody EQ. One, one moment. Anyone else? Colleen R. Colleen R. Stacy T. Stacy T. Jamie W. San Diego. Jamie W. Okay. Was there another voice in there? Perhaps not. Okay, let's start with Jody EQ. Thank you. And Marcella, I believe you are muted, so you'll want to star one again to respond to this question. Go ahead, Jody EQ. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Good morning, everyone. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California. Thank you, Marcella, for your wonderful share. It's very inspiring. Um, all you've done for the Spanish-speaking world. It's fabulous. Um, I guess my question is, how do you balance your life uh, being so busy sponsoring so many people? Thank you. Um, um, did I hear well is how do I organize my life or how do I what? How do, how do, you, how do you find balance in your life, or do you? <laughs> Maybe you don't. Oh, 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 oh! I hear, I hear you. Oh, that's an excellent question. That's a very, very good question. Um, I do a lot. Um, if everything goes well, I'll be 57 next month, and um, I have a very full-time job as a preschool teacher. I work from eight to six, and then I have a part-time job in the National Fine Arts um, on weekends and some nights. And I go to college, um, and I sponsor a lot of people. Um, how do I balance my life? 
I just follow everything is written in from page eighty four to eighty nine. Everything is written there. See, this is a highly specific way of life. The way, what to think when we wake up and what to say when we wake up. What to think when we go to bed. You know, at the beginning in the morning, when he says, when we, um, on awakening, we think of our 24 hours ahead. So I wake up, I say my prayers. I say my prayers, and I think of my plan ahead. My plan always begins with what am I going to eat, where am I going to eat, how am I going to eat. Something funny happened to us in Guadalajara. Um, we woke up, everybody, because everybody's new there, right? So everybody was eating exactly the same thing as I was eating. <laughs> and so we wake up, and we knew what were we going to eat was weigh and measure and pack, but we forgot to pack the utensils. So I added, how am I going to eat it? Where, when, well, that's, my, that's the beginning of my plan, the food structure. Once that is set in place, then I say, okay, I'm going to my meeting, then I'm going to work, then these are the terms in which I sponsor. And it doesn't take that much time to sponsor, if you ask me. It's quick. It's, it's, I mean, I, I, I have segments of three sponsors at a time. And um, I don't know. It takes, it, it, I, don't, I don't know. I pray for my sponsors always. Always pray for them very much. Very hard well, prayer for them. I read the big book. I pay attention to what they say. It's fast. And then what else? I manage to watch TV every day. I, I watch the news with my husband. Um, I, I don't get tired. You know what the very end what it says? If we follow this discipline, the discipline that is described on pages 84 to 88, if you follow this discipline, you won't get tired. That's the promise. If you won't, because we won't be wasting our energies. So that's the balance. I would say that the balance of a busy life is described on pages 84 to 89. Now, if I need a vacation, which I oftentimes do, I just take a vacation. What does it say? We pause. We relax and take it easy. We cease fighting everything and everybody. So I have my pause chair in my classroom. I have my stop. I have my stop chair at home. And if I don't have a chair, I have, a, I have my pause button that I can activate anytime I want. I just pause and I ask for an intuitive thought or decision or action. But, and I relax and I take it easy. And I'm never tired. So it's kind of easy. I hope that was helpful. Yes, it was. Thank you. Thanks, Jody EQ. Colleen K. Your turn. Good morning. This is Colleen R. Gratefully oh, Recovered. Sorry. No problem. Gratefully Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. Marcella, thank you so much for your service and you too, Leah. My question is about working with a chronic relapser, working quickly, and still the relapse is happening. How much time you wait for the brain to clear and then resume? And if resuming, if the pattern continues, do you have an experience you could share um, that would enlighten how I might do things differently? Any suggestions? Thank you. Thank you, Colleen. A hug and a kiss. I can see your beautiful face. Um, I am a chronic relapser. If there's anything that I have experienced in is relapse. I relapsed from 1986 to 2011. Um, Recovery is like water. 
It's like trip, 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 trip. You don't know what is the specific drop that is going to overflow the container. So, so it's just what else are we going to do, right? Where else are we going to go? I'm a chronic relapser. And finally, a drug addict, you know, struck me helping. When I thought I was helping a drug addict, I was helped. So my suggestion is work with others, work with others, work with others, work with others. I'm not attached to the title, the honorable title of sponsor. I kind of think it's silly because the word sponsor was beginning, was it began to be used when money was involved. So the drunk would sponsor them. The recovered um, alcoholic would sponsor the the drunk who was still drinking. And by sponsor, we mean that he would uh, pay for the detox in Akron, Ohio, in the hospital. So, of course, it was in his best interest that that drunk would recover, so they should take him back. So that's the way, that's the reason we started using the word sponsor. But I like much better words like stepbody, stepsister, companion, companion. Um, I don't even like the word guy because, frankly, I don't think that I know what I'm doing. Um, it's companion. He says, let's do this together. You know, the, the triangle that um, that is in the logo of, a, of AA was um, the two finger. How do you call the first finger on the hand that for the index finger and the thumb, um, both hands together making a triangle? It's two drunks, two drunks helping each other make an antenna connection to the higher power. I believe in that. I believe in that model. So work with others. It doesn't mean that you have to sponsor them. Just call them and say, I like this chapter. And why don't we read the book together and see what happens? Just read the book together. Is that difficult to do? Read the book. That's working with others. Go to a meeting. Participate in a meeting. That's working with others. I hope that that was helpful. Beautiful. Thank you. Love you. Thanks, Colleen R. Stacy T. Good morning. Thank you so much, Marcella, for your service. Wow. I I am just so grateful that I was here to hear your story and your experience, strength and hope. Thank you so very much. Um, couple of questions, and I will I will certainly be brief. Um, the first is. Um, in my profession, I have opportunity at times to work with others based on um, whether it's, well, let's just use food, um, with their unnatural relationship with food and then deciding with them if uh, they are, if they qualify and then introducing the big book. So my first question is, that is the primary way that I work with others, and oftentimes I feel like that doesn't count because <laughs> um, I don't seem to do it in many other places except for in my office, and so I look for some guidance about that piece. The next um, question, well, the next piece is I love that you said um, companion, instead of uh, an, any other phrase. I love the idea of a big book companion. That sounds so loving, so gentle, so like there's it's even. It, you know, we're both learning. So I'll leave it at, at those that comment and that question, and I look forward to 
getting some uh, feedback from you about that. Thank you again for all of your service that you do for this fellowship and the other fellowships that you serve, and I pass. Thank you for your question, and, and I, I hope to... Uh, for, oh, first thing, don't get too impressed by my service because I'm a junkie. I need this service. I, I do the service because I need it, not because I'm a wonderful person, because I'm not. I'm just a drug addict, compulsive overeater. Like I'm, I'm an alcoholic. I need this service. I do it for... I need it to stay alive. Second thing, I'm just going to be very blunt. And um, girlfriend, I think that you're into morbid reflection. I'm very grateful that you can make a living out of that 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 this spiritual practice is embedded in your work. What a fabulous blessing. So if I were you, I would wake up in the morning and I say, Thank you, thank you, dear God, because you gave me a job in which I can spread a message nonstop. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will leave it at that. So that's that's how that's how it looks from my chair, companion. Thank you. Thanks, Stacy. Thank you, Stacy T. Jamie W, you're up. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Marcella. I really appreciate it that you're bilingual, and it's made me really aspire to keep learning Spanish. I my question: How has your program changed from you said 1985 to now? I heard attitude adjustment. Um. So the main attitude adjustment is that I used to be an innocent, flawless victim, and now I am somebody who can give something to others. That's the main thing that has changed. Um, it always continues. It always amazes me. I don't know, for some strange reason that I will never understand. Um, I have sponsees <laughs> that are born in this land, that speak with no accent, and then that are like a yard taller than me, and and I have zero idea why would people that have access to the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in their native language will come to me to read the book with me. I have no idea why. I'm Mexican. I was born in Mexico. English is not my first language. But, you know, I'm not going to investigate because it's saving my own life. So... So that's the main attitude adjustment. I was somebody who was an innocent, poor, flawless victim with nothing and nobody. And now I am somebody who can give something to others. And working with others is what's work with what is working for me. Imperfectly, and I just try. And I keep trying, and I keep trying, and I keep trying. And if it doesn't work, I tell the person, dear companion, you are going to recover. You're just not going to recover with me. But please have mercy on me and let me try with another person. It's not that you're, you know, flawed or doomed to fail and I have in a different hierarchy. It's not that. You need to keep flowing and you need to keep finding somebody who will finally say something that will touch your soul and, and, and open your heart so that you can recover. So that's the way I see things. Thank you, Jamie W., who else has a question this morning for Marcella? You'll need to press star 1 to unmute to identify yourself.
Steve. Good morning, Steve. Hold on. Anyone else? Great opportunity to ask questions regarding guiding someone through the steps. Anything within Chapter 7, working with others? This is Michelle PD in Minnesota. Michelle. Okay, let's start with Steve. Hi, uh, my name's Steve. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I'm brand brand new, and I'm just curious. You know how do you know? You mentioned a vision for you sponsor, and I guess you had mentioned an AA sponsor. But you know, how do you how do you start? Like, what does sponsorship look like? How, just how does it start? And I'm going to mute. Thanks. Well, first of all, um, Steve, thank you so much for um, giving us a chance and a privilege to tell our story. Welcome, welcome, welcome with open hearts. You will find what you're looking for. If you have a food, a problem with food, you will find what you're looking for. You will find recovery and relief from your food obsession. Um, I'm very excited and grateful that, that you are with us. And um, I'll give you my phone number, 617-501-6275. Seven, five. You can text or call anytime if I can help you with anything. Um, sponsorship. I have never had two sponsors who start the same way. Um, we are very spoiled because um, if we need a sponsor, we just go through the um, contact list and start calling randomly and say, do you need a sponsor, a sponsor or do you know anybody who needs a sponsor? And people call you, and then that's it, right? But I've never had anybody who I start the same way. The big book says that we need to get familiar with their background. So a teeny little bit chit-chat is helpful at the beginning. Where do you live? Where you're calling me from? How old are you? Um, do you feel comfortable sending me your picture or not? Um, what do you do for a living? What's your routine like? Um, where do you eat? What have you tried to um, stop your compulsive overeating? How long have you been in a way? So a little bit of chat is very helpful, right? Do you Were you raised in any religion? Do you practice any religion? Like, I don't know, just like a little bit of like. And then you try for a few days to see if your schedules will match. Um, a lot of people think that they want to sponsor, but not really want to sponsor. So um, I, I have no idea how many people I have tried to sponsor, but I only remember the ones that keep in touch with me. So the big book says that we don't chase people and that we're not the convincer of the addiction. The addiction itself is the convincer. So, and the big book also, is, it's almost cruel. The big book says we don't waste time. We don't, because why? Because we have been granted this incredible privilege of being able to help the ones who are ready. So... So not two relationships, sponsorship and sponsee look alike. I have many sponsees which are, as soon as we hit 164, I tell them, from now on, we're co-sponsors. You're, I'm not your sponsor anymore. Don't even call me that. We're, we're companions. We're, we're, we're together in this deal. I will come to you with my doubt and my insecurity and my fear and and I hope that you will help me. You will be my step, my temp step body. Because I have no any other tricks to chew, to show you. This is my last card, one, page 164. I don't have anything else. So, so you are in the same um, 
dimension as I am in, and I will need your help. And I have been blessed with a big network of people that I perceive as peers that help me, and I help them. And we're kind of like a community of recovered people. So, so I give you hope. Um, um, you will. I'll pray that you will find the person that is going to be able to help you and the person that you're going to be able to help. Because have no doubt, and don't let anybody get into your mind, you are going to help the person that is going to sponsor you. Actually, you're going to help the person that is going to sponsor you even more than than she will, she, she or he will ever help you. And that's written in the big book. I'm not making it up. So welcome again. Welcome. And just keep coming back. And, and, and for starters, don't miss one meeting. We want to see you here every single day. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Steve. And Michelle, your question, please. This is Michelle in Minnesota. Hi, Michelle. Go ahead. Speak up, please. Gracias, Marcela. Gracias. Um, working with others, I was wondering if you will give the WhatsApp information at the close of your talk for other Spanish speakers that I'm working with. Oh, sure. Um, the way that the WhatsApp chain works is that you call me, um, you uh, give me your phone number, and I, I, how do you say? I hope, I hope, I, pay, I, I add you to the chain. I add you to the chain. So my, my phone number is six one seven five zero one six two seven five. And we're starting to read the book. We're reading um, real stories, so this is a very good time to join. And we are a number of us. I think it's five of us will be in the Addition for You convention. Um, Maybe there will be a, a community board or something when maybe we can find a corner to meet one another and speak in Spanish for a little bit. So, yeah, look for me in the convention, the other convention. Um, um, somebody from Panama is coming for sure. I think Puerto Rico is coming too. Puerto Rico, Panama, Mexico, somebody from Mexico. And, um, yeah, I think we're five Spanish speakers that are going to the convention. So look for us and, yeah, let's build this community. And thank you for everything that you do in Spanish as well. Thank you, Michelle. Of course, Marcella is referring to the upcoming A Vision for You convention, The Power of the Big Book, September 15th through the 17th at the Marriott International Airport in northern New Jersey. You can find additional information on A Vision for You website. You can register from there as well. And there's also a community bulletin board to assist you with roommates or transportation. Okay, our final invitation for questions this morning. Who else has a question for Marcella? Kim B. Is that Kim, did I hear? Yeah, Kim B. Okay, Kim B. Hold on one second. Who else? Jordan S. Jordan S. Esther S. Yeah. Anyone else? 
Star one to unmute. Alexis H. Alexis H. Susan B. Susan B. Donna L. Donna L. Okay, excellent. Let's start with Kim B, please. Your question. Yes, thank you. I'm Kim B, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Wisconsin. And thank you so much again for your service, both of you. Um, my question, this might seem kind of silly. I've been in program for a while. But um, I have a couple of sponsees <laughs> that have been um, recovered, and now they're in relapse. Um, they've been in program longer than I have. I am their sponsor currently, but um, I'm just wondering. I know I'm step 12 again for the hundredth time or whatever, but in um, working with others, I think there's just nothing else like it. It helps me stay in my recovery. Um, and I'm just wondering if you would recommend um, encouraging um, these sponsees to work with others at least through the steps, even if they're struggling with their food. Um, my first sponsor was in relapse the whole time she was working with me, um, even though I was abstinent through the grace of my higher power, um, she helped me through the steps. So I just wondered what your thoughts were on uh, food sponsors versus step sponsors, if I should encourage my sponsees to uh, sponsor at least through the steps even while they're struggling with their food and abstinence. So if you could please just let me know your thoughts on that. I would appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for your question. Well, um, okay, okay, okay. I don't believe in the steps without abstinence. I don't believe in that. That that maybe that's a different fellowship, I think. Um, I don't think that we can um, experience uh, what we're supposed to experience through the step if we're still under the blur of uh, food addiction. So first things first, when we read the doctor's opinion, it says that we need to, um, the only relief that we can um, suggest is entire abstinence. So that's the very, that's step zero in our thing. Um, there's nothing, nothing can happen. Step one won't happen unless you know what you're surrendered to. So the very first thing is, what is entire abstinence? What is entire abstinence? The more that you know about entire abstinence, the better. I mean, the consensus, we're not specialists in nutrition and we're not a professional in, in that field, but the, the consensus, it seems to suggest through the history, over 50 years of history um, in, of OA, it, through the whole entire world, because there are compulsive overeaters everywhere in Japan and in China and Africa and in Europe, it seems to suggest that we're violently allergic to sugar and carbs and enormous amount of food and grazing through the whole entire day, enormous amount of of, of food. So vol so it's ingredients, volume, and frequency. And unless we don't practice entire abstinence, I think that is not in our best interest to attempt the 12 steps. Nothing scares me the most that somebody who can quote the big book and is still eating. That scares me because if the words are not, if we manage to build resistance against the words of the big book, what else are we going to do? So 
No, 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 no. I would say first things first. First, put the food down, even if it's for 48 hours. First, find out with the help of somebody what is the meaning of entire abstinence today, and then we can talk about the steps. Um, the food plans change. I started um, my, my, my abstinence day, date is um, February the 22nd of 2011. That's the day that I was granted the ability to um, stop eating sugar and flour. And that's, that's all I knew, so that's what I did. Later, you know, as I started working with others, I learned the many, many disguises of sugar, and I was able to put that down. And then later, I learned how to weigh and measure, and I was able to weigh and measure with a schedule. So that will change and refine, and the road will become clearer and clearer. But I don't think that we can do anything without entire abstinence. And, and that's, that's the way I practice the program, and that's the way I sponsor. So thank you. Thanks, Kim, for the question. Jordan S., your turn. Jordan, star one to unmute. Sorry about that. I was having trouble getting... Mm -hmm. Go ahead with your question, um, sir. So, um, my name is Jordan. I am a compulsive overeater, and I have, you know, not recovered, and um, I am... Uh, I was abstinent for a while, but... What I realized was that something that you said that you touched upon um, in my so-called abstinence, I was having a glass of wine at night, just one glass, just to take the edge off. And I quickly realized that I was substituting one thing for another. And this, you know, I'm a person that has no experience in the drinking business at all. Um, so I just appreciate your um, insight on how it's so easy to go from one thing to another. I mean, I think it's just um, that we are all addicts. Um, and so if you could just um, talk a little bit more about that. And I think for me, I have to stop all of it. Like I can't even uh, consume wine as I normally did, you know, a glass of wine because then it becomes habitual. So um, thank you so much for your service. And if you could talk a little Thanks. bit more. Thank I you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jordan. Go ahead. Thank you. Marcella. Thank you, Jordan. Um, I won't work with anybody whose food plan includes alcohol. I just won't. I know that some people can and will. I can't, so I won't. Um, I'm way too scared about somebody uh, drinking while abstinent. It's just it's playing with fire the way that I see it. You need to do enormous amount of mental gymnastics to read a big book while drinking alcohol. <laughs> Even if you're an honest-to-God only compulsive overeater that has never been an alcoholic. Not only because you're not an alcoholic today, that means that you're never going to cross the line later. Um, 
just like not everybody who's overweight is a compulsive overeater, but anybody can graduate anytime. The other day I was working with a drug addict who was explaining to me how one can graduate from heroin um, usage. So, so she was explaining to me that at the beginning, heroin will make her feel sick or, or she could just have just a little bit and feel a little better. But then little, little by little over the, over the months, she needed more and more and more and more, and she wouldn't get sick until withdrawal. I think that alcohol works exactly the same way. If you already have the shape and form of addiction in your body in the form of food, why in the world will you flirt with the devil? So I will never, I don't work with anybody whose food plan includes the usage of alcohol or any drug. So that's my point of view. Thanks, Jordan, for the important question. Esther F. Hi. Thank you for a very enlightening talk. I'm Esther F. And although I've been in and out of the rooms by the grace of God, I became absent in December, and I am a sponsor. I'm grateful. Um, And... I wanted to know um, when do I give up a sponsee? How long do I be patient and accept them? Or when they keep slipping and sliding, how long do I, when do I say enough and give them over with love and forgiveness and kindness and say maybe they should take another sponsor that maybe I'm not the right one. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, thank you for the question. The way that I do it is that I pray every morning, every before sponsoring anybody, before reading the river with anybody, I pray for them. And I, I pray to God, the source of all recovery, um, to to give me the right idea and the right decision. So, it's different for everybody. I don't have a square answer to that one. Um, everybody's different. I just have an inner feeling. And then if I start feeling that that's if I'm start if I start perceiving that's as a source of pain in my life, because while trying to sponsor others, you grow bonds of affection, right? Bonds of affection as it's read as it is written in Hello? Yeah, could you say that again, please? As it is written, the the chapter to the wife, that's the jewel for our dilemma. Read the chapter to the wife, the wife to the wife. So a uh, sponsee of mine starts relapsing, and I read the chapter to the wife. And to the wife, it says in that, in that chapter that um, that it works, it, it, this chapter works for anybody who's tied by bonds of love and affection to what the alcoholic, right? So by then, you, you start sponsoring somebody, you, of course you learn how to love and, and, and feel affection for that person. So then they keep relaxing on you, and I read to the wives, and then I know. Then I, then I, after reading the chapter, I know if it's time to set them free so that they can find the help that they need, and they're obviously not getting with me, right? And I do it without, without guilt or remorse because I'm releasing them to the hands of the higher power, and I'm telling them, Please go and find help. I can't help you. It's obvious that I cannot help you. So 
it's different for everybody, but the big book is clear about that one. And then besides, how in the world are you going to flow? I mean, we're like water. We're supposed to spread the bounty. And everybody has just one body and 24 hours a day, right? So if you just close yourself to two or three people, then how in the world are you going to spread? You need to send your sponsees to move and and get busy themselves. So that's the way I have found my recovery. Thanks. Can I, can I thank you so much? Can I have your phone number again, please? Um, 617-501-6275. I live in Boston. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. Alexis H., your turn. Hi, this is Alexis, compulsive overeater and anorexic. Can you hear me? Yes. There's some background noise, so your question, please. Uh, so my question is on um, the topic of sponsorship. I realize there are some times when um, I feel like I need to be, you know, gentle and uh, and kind of gracious with sponsors, and other times when it's important for me to be firm and kind of direct with direction. Uh, and and often, you know, prayer helps in terms of receiving some kind of, you know, guidance as to to what is the right choice. But I just want to know your experience and how you make decisions on kind of when to be, you know, when to comfort the afflicted, when to afflict the comfortable, and and um, just general guidance on how to interact with sponsors, when to when to push back and when to be gentle. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Well, I feel like I'm. I mean, there's there's no simple answer for that one. Um, you learn how to sponsor by sponsoring. I feel I always say jokingly but truthfully that I have an unfair advantage because I spend my life with young children. We all fall three and four year olds that are the future addicts of Islam. So every child is different. Every country is different. I also have a background in psychology, so that permeates through my sponsorship. I realize, but whoever you are. And whatever you do for a living and whatever your experience is, it will permeate through your sponsor. So my suggestion is use your life expertise to sponsor. If this is a simple connection between two people that are suffering and that are willing to be open to the eternal, to the higher power. So you cannot go wrong with goodwill. What I do, my, my recipe is pray for the person and read the big book and, and meditate a little and try to open. But ask for guidance from God. Ask, ask other people. And also, very, very important, I never sponsor alone. I always set my sponsee with two or three people that are recovered so that they can quickly build a network. And then if I'm not the sponsor, somebody else will, like, like work with them. Um, yeah, so a small network, just like Bob and Bill did and just like the old-timers and AA do. By the end of their lives, you know, people who have 57 years of sobriety, who sponsor them? A little click, a little, you know, a little, a little constellation of people. So don't do it alone. Ask for help. Pray. You can't go wrong with goodwill. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Alexis H. Susan B. Hello? Susan, we hear you. Oh, okay. Um... Thank you for your lead. Um, I had a question, uh, being that I'm going to sponsor soon for the first time. Um, 
can you remember from your experience? I guess I'm a little bit hesitant, of course, <laughs> and uh, what your biggest challenge was, or was there something specific that you were surprised about or that came unexpectedly? Um, I guess, I guess, like my question is, is what was your biggest challenge? And if you came across certain situations or with your sponsees and you didn't know how to handle them, how did you, you know, how did you kind of deal with that? Thank you for your service. Thank you for the question. Thank you so much for being willing to sponsor in this fellowship and with the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you. Um, you are about to enter the fourth dimension of the spirit and a wonderful adventure that will never allow you to get bored. You are going to taste something way better than the food, way better. This is the ultimate dessert and is the ultimate pleasure sponsoring other, working with others. You will find a new meaning and a new purpose and a new direction. You will feel so much pleasure and so much sense of togetherness with the creator. And it will never, there's absolutely no, nothing that I can tell you, but just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just try and keep yeah, trying. Yeah, the old, the, the old perfectionism is coming in there, and it's like trying to hold me back, you know what I mean? Because I delayed on some of my amends, I think, because of that, because it's just like, you know, it's like my time, and it's like, yeah, it's scary. Like, there's some fear, you know, the d- disease is trying is. to, yeah. You're going to be surprised every single day. My biggest, biggest surprise is when somebody recovers. I'm working very intensely right now with um, um, a person in Spain that has never, ever, ever in his adult life had the experience of weighing less than 200 pounds, and he's very scared. (laughs) He's scared and he feels naked and, and vulnerable in the world, just like I did. So my biggest surprise is that we don't know what we want, and that we feel fear when we're skinny and a healthy body weight, and that we recover mm-hmm. at all. But, you know, there's not, nobody has all the answers. Not even Dr. Bob has a 100%, you know, success rate. Um, we're the disciples of Dr. Bob in my lineage of, of sponsorship. We try mm-hmm. to emulate what he did. We try and try and try with many. Um, our, our, our immediate target is 5,000 5, alcoholics, 5,000 different alcoholic and he was only um sober for 15 years so i hope that i'm i have i have six plus of, of abstinence already so i don't think that i have a thousand of these so i'm kind of slow compared to him but we just try we just try that's it thank okay. you susan b and our final question this morning comes from donna l hi this is donna um, I'm going to thank you so much, Marcella, for your talk, and I appreciate your sweet spirit, your honesty, and uh, especially about relapse and the little story about the birds. But I have to admit that um, I was multitasking, trying to get ready for church, and um, and and you, with your cute little accent, and when you talk kind of fast. I didn't get everything that you said, and I am going to play this over again when I get home. Um, And I just wondered, my question is, 
I think were you on a plane and your and your baggage got detached from you and you got there without makeup or without your notes and and if that is what you said, how did that event go when you didn't have any of those things? The last thing I remember you saying was you prayed for God to help you. And I don't know if you said how it went. <laughs> That's my question. Oh, thank you. Well, it went to my endless surprise. It went very well. Um, I was not short of words. Um, we went through the whole steps. Uh, people helped me to find the steps and the quotes. I would say, do you remember where this and that is written? And there were some people knew, and if they didn't know, we helped. We found a website where you can find the words of AA very quickly. It's silkworth.net. It's a very good resource to find everything, to study the big book. And we did it together, and 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 it was made very, very clear that this is not Marcella's workshop. This is the Higher Powers workshop. And I've been granted the incredible privilege to tell my story if people ask me to go and do the workshop for them with them and and that's the story it was not Thank my you. my the attractiveness of the message was not my good looks or my flawless makeup or my beautiful dress <laughs> that i have that I had chosen for that day or my pretty sandals that I had you know bought for that occasion. Uh-huh. It was you know the the words of the big book. As we put them together like a jigsaw puzzle, all of us together, not following my lead. Thank you. I think it's 10 o'clock already. Could you just repeat that um, website again, please? Silkworth.net. Thank you. Thank you so much for your answer. And thank you, Donna, and everybody who asked questions this morning. And, of course, a heartfelt thank you. Marcella, for your generous spirit and the abundance of help that you so freely give our Overeaters Anonymous community and a vision for you and beyond. Thank you so much. And let's close from page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.